The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zinn 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. Amazing. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, your exercise, and medication decisions. All those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and a lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. How do two people deeply in love end up dead in their oceanfront mansion in Surf City? Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Take a listen to our friends at CrimeOnline.com. This is Jackie Howard. Cut one. His name is John, but people called him Jack. Her name was Francois, but she answered to Frenchie. The two met nearly 20 years ago, introduced by a mutual friend, and they hit it off. Jack Enders was a widower and Frenchie Patoy a divorcee. Enders, an Air Force veteran of the Korean War, loved the water, boating, and fishing. He used his mechanical engineering degree to build homes. Enders was a mason who loved to cook and decorate his refrigerator with artwork from his neighbor's grandchildren. Frenchie Patoy was known as a dynamo with style. She had a hat to match nearly every outfit and loved rhinestones. Batoy worked as a nursing home Alzheimer's specialist and served the Surf City Volunteer Fire Department's Women Auxiliary by visiting the firefighters' ailing relatives. Wow, a war vet with a girlfriend who loves hats with every outfit and rhinestones. I would love to meet these two, but we'll never get the chance. They're dead, found dead in their oceanfront mansion there in Surf City. What do we know about this couple? What do we know about their death? Again, thanks for being with us here at Crime Stories. Let me introduce you an all-star panel to break it down and put it back together again. With me, Jason Campo, Chief Prosecutor, joining us from Cameron County, Texas. Five years in the DA's Office Family Violence Unit, Dr. Alan Blotke, Ph.D., Forensic psychologist joining us out of Birmingham, specializing in criminal cases, and boy, do we need him. Professor Forensics, Jacksonville State University, and author of Blood Beneath My Feet on Amazon, star of a new hit series, Body Bags. 
with Joe Scott Morgan on iHeart. But first, straight out to CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter Jacqueline Gray. Jacqueline, thank you for being with us. Tell me about the oceanfront mansion that they shared in Surf City. What is Surf City? Is that a tourist destination? Is it a quiet uh, town beside the water? What is it? So like you said, Surf City is a large tourist attraction. It They only have about a thousand people um, as population and it's only a mile and a half long, but it's situated right on the Atlantic and it's about a half hour from Atlantic City. And tourists usually go there mainly to surf, look at attractions. They don't have a boardwalk, so it's a lot of um, embarking. A borough in uh, Ocean City, it's, uh, what I understand is the population is only 1,200 people. 1,205, down from 1,442. But catch this, even at its coldest, it's only 53 degrees. Population 1,271. Wow, I'm looking at all these beautiful ocean shots. It sounds like a beautiful place to live for this couple. Now, one is a widower, one is a divorcee. Joe Morgan, it matters. It matters. You know, you hear real estate people say all the time, location, location, location. We say that in crime too, Joe Scott. Why? Yeah, we do, Nancy. And we begin to think about who in the world uh, would have wanted to do harm. Uh, to this couple. You know, they live this kind of bucolic life. They're, uh, you know, enjoying themselves out there on the waterfront. Who would want to bring harm to these people and visit literally hell upon them in this uh, beautiful location? Straight out to Jason Campo, chief prosecutor, joining us out of Cameron County, Texas. Jason, you, you wonder at it, and we're about to get into the brutal nature of the murders, but they were living in a $1.9 million mansion. I could think of a lot of people that would ride by that mansion and this wealthy enclave and think, wow, I bet I could score a, a big screen TV out of there. I, I mean, you know what I'm thinking of? It's uh, we're, we're getting up on Christmas time and no Christmas at our house is complete without, of course, um, the night before Christmas with Kermit. But all the home alones, all of them. They have to be watched over and over and over leading up to Christmas. And do you remember the two (laughs) burglars that did everything wrong? I think one was Joe Pesci. And they would ride by these mansions. And the smart one, Pesci, would go, stocks and bonds, jewels, artwork, all the things he thought he was going to take out of Macaulay Culkin's home. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do remember it. it, it that's what, right when I was growing up, too. So I saw all those movies. And and unfortunately, you know, people moved to these. I don't know what you're talking about. According to me, I wasn't born then, but go ahead. <laughs> these move, you know, these little towns, people move there to be safe. and But people see them as marks, especially these exclusive uh, little communities where all the houses are worth millions of dollars and everybody lives a lavish lifestyle in people's eyes and they think maybe it'll be a great quick score for them. You know, what's interesting is you've got this guy, uh, the victim, uh, John Jack Enders, and his girlfriend, Frenchie Pitoy, and they have worked their whole life. Their whole life. He's a World War vet. She's still working. 
It's not like they were born with a silver spoon stuck in their mouth. It's not like that. But I think you're right. And in these little enclaves, people aren't used to crime. They may leave their doors unlocked. They may not have a home alarm. They uh, may leave their cars unlocked because they're just not used to violent crime. And perps are like predators, Jason Campo. And I always compare it to the hyena or the jackal out on the savannah. And you've got the beautiful gazelle grazing uh, or drinking at the waterhole. And they're just waiting to close in. And they only have to get one, the the slowest, the weakest. So I, I think you're right that perps drive along and they see these homes and they imagine everything they're going to be able to steal. But what happens when you go in and the people are home, Jason? That's how it always escalates, right? You always think, oh, maybe this house is dark. It's in the middle of the night. They'll be in bed or something and we can get in and get out. And then it's always what they say, best laid plans go astray. And and there's never a lot of thought process behind these types of crimes when they're breaking into houses like that. Take a listen to our cut too for our friends at Crime Online. Frenchie Patoy's daughter and son-in-law who live in Virginia Beach hadn't heard from Frenchie and was unable to contact her. So Valerie Lewis Evans asked Surf City Police for a wellness check. Officers approach the home and see through a rear window what appears to be the body of a deceased male sitting in a brown recliner on the first floor. As officers approach the front, they spot another body on the stairs leading down to the living area. As police continue their search, they find blood in several areas throughout the home, as well as a bloody footprint and shoe prints, a discarded rubber glove on the stairs, and blood on a fence post in the backyard. Jack Enders and Frenchie Patoy had been dead for at least five days. We are talking about the brutal murders of a World War vet and his girlfriend, Frenchie, who loves rhinestones and hats to match every outfit. You know, what a joy for living that that tells me she had. But her life cut short and in a brutal way. What happened to them exactly? Listen to this. Autopsy details show the murders were brutal. Jack Enders had been stabbed multiple times and beaten about the face and head. His right carotid artery severed. The toy was also stabbed, but she was shot in the face. That finding prompted the medical examiner to look at Enders' body again. Both adults had been shot in the face with a handgun. I don't know if you caught that, but I was listening and I thought, oh, one person was stabbed and the other shot. That's unusual to have two different MOs at the same crime scene. And it alerted authorities as well when they were looking at the facts. They asked them to look again. And sure enough, the MOs were the same. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. If you're a smoker looking for an alternative to traditional tobacco, you might feel uncertain at the thought of changing things up. Maybe you're ready to make a switch, but don't know where to start. 
Maybe you've tried vaping, thought it wasn't your thing. Maybe you've heard of smokeless nicotine products, but aren't familiar with the options. Meet Zen, America's number one nicotine pouch. Zen nicotine pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. Which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life. Because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Zen is a satisfying tobacco alternative that puts you in control of your nicotine experience. Which means Zen pairs well with you. Visit Zinn.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zen. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Jacqueline Gray joining me from CrimeOnline.com. Jacqueline, tell me about the cops arriving and what they found. The cops arrived to a pretty much a gruesome scene once they went inside. Uh, there was blood all over the house. Well, hey, uh, hey, Jackie, wait a minute. So my understanding is the cops get there and they look in the window and they see somebody sitting in a easy chair. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. They did. They saw uh, John sitting in a chair. I want to tell you what somebody said, Jacqueline, that's familiar with this. And we were talking about the case that it was just like in the movies. The movies are just like in real life. This is not just like the movies where you look in and you see a person sitting there seemingly watching TV and then you go in and look at them and they're dead. This is the real thing. The movies are like this. This is not like the movies, Jacqueline Gray. So they look in, they see somebody sitting, kicked back in an easy chair, and then what happens? Uh, So they look and they see somebody in the chair and start to look and there's blood in the house. And they go in, they look, there's blood. They find John's body and they find another body on the stairs, which is Frenchie. And they notice not only the blood, but a discarded glove on the stairs as well. And not only was there blood inside the home, but there was also blood on a fence near the where they obviously were trying to get out through that fence. I think uh, it was in the backyard. And that also indicates to me, to you, Joseph Scott Morgan, that Frenchie, the girlfriend, was trying to get away by going up the stairs, would be my guess. Yeah, I think that you're probably right. Trying to flee away from danger, put as much distance between herself and this attacker. You know, when I when I hear about this, Nancy, uh, a lot of folks that have never been out on a case that involves uh, a, a sharp force injury like stab wound, they don't understand that how complicated and layered a case is like this. For every insult, every little injury that occurs to a body, you create a hole in the body, a defect, as we call it. Blood begins to leak out of that area. And when you have two individuals uh, that are attacked like this, you get what's called commingling of blood. So you have to, you don't know what's what here. You know, you're looking for bloody footprints. You're looking for bloody handprints. They even talk about a glove here. Oh, oh, you just reminded me of another case with the glove in the front yard. Remember Tara Grinstead? Oh, yeah. In Georgia. And the case went unsolved for so many years. And some person left a glove in the front yard. I mean, people think, oh, I'm going to wear a glove so I don't leave fingerprints. But what an idiot to leave the glove behind because your prints are on the inside of the glove 
sometimes, but sadly, not always. Guys, take a listen to our cut five. This is our friend Trish Hartman, 6ABC. They were great together. She could care less what he had or if he didn't have. They were meant for each other. John Gophis lives in Surf City on Long Beach Island, a few doors down from the home of John Enders, which he shared with Francois Patoy. Gophis says they've been together for 19 years and were better known as Jack and Frenchie. We would sit out back, watch the setting sun, have drinks out there on the deck. This bayfront home on North 7th Street was where the bodies of the couple were discovered on October 3rd. Now I'm thinking about that. Uh, these two seniors having been together nearly 20 years, sitting on their back porch, looking out at the ocean. And it reminds me of my mom and dad, you know, after they retired, they worked so hard their whole lives. And um, they built a screen-in porch. And they didn't have an ocean to look at, but they had the backyard. And my dad and mom worked so hard in that yard. They had to have a um, bird fountain, many tears. It was my father's pride and joy. He built with his own hands a patio, laid it beautifully, and a little brick walkway to it. And they have beautiful palmetto bushes, all sorts of uh, bushes, flowers, trees. They built a beautiful brick fence along the back. And all the plants would grow up against it. My point is, they would sit out there and have coffee and turn on the ceiling fan and look out into the backyard. And after all their decades of hard work putting us through college, they got to sit back and look at the backyard. And I'm just imagining Jack Enders and Frenchie Patoy sitting on their back deck, looking out of the ocean, their hard labors done, and just enjoying the golden years of their life and loving life. And their neighbors love them. Two wonderful people still volunteering and doing good work. Who would come in like a wolf and just destroy them this way? Take a listen again. This is Our Cut 6. It's Trish Hartman at 6ABC. John Gophis says Enders had recently decided to sell the Surf City home. The crime shocked the community on LBI. Patoy was a member of the Surf City Fire Company Women's Auxiliary. In a memorial on social media, they called her an active and much-loved member of our organization. John Gophis says he misses his friends and hopes for closure. Well, justice is served. Don't wish her any ill will. He wouldn't. The whole neighbors, uh, the whole neighborhood, all the neighbors in shock when this loving senior couple just just hatcheted down. You know, I'm looking at the way they were killed, Joe Scott Morgan, and typically when a burglar comes in, and, and I'm going to go to you on this, Dr. Alan Blockkey and Jason Campo. I prosecuted so many burglaries, but my analysis is not anecdotal. In other words, based on an anecdote or a story. It's statistics that... Uh, root this story typically when burglars come in your home to steal your tv or 
or whatever they want to steal and they realize somebody's home, typically they leave. Um, very rarely will they attack the person because that, that's not really why they're there. The whole burglary phenomena, Dr. Alan Blotke, it, it's, it's a mental thing like a peeping Tom. It's something up here that they want. They're voyeuristic. A burglar actually likes going in to somebody's house and creeping around. They like going in the idea of, of go, you know, when you go in somebody else's house and it's a lot different when you're invited in for like a party or a dinner or something, as opposed to somebody says, hey, can you go over and feed my dog when I'm out of town? And you go over and they're not home. It's kind of a eerie, freaky feeling. I don't want to go look through their stuff. I don't want to go anywhere but to feed the dog and leave because it's too, I don't know, there's something eerie about it to me, going in somebody else's home when they're not there. But burglars love it, and it's hard to stop a burglar. Now, Blocky, I know you're the PhD. I'm just an MD. I'm just a JD, but I can tell you this. I've noticed that sex offenders, specifically child molesters and rapists, they don't get rehabbed. I don't care what you want to tell me. Burglars don't get rehabbed. Those are two criminals, and I guess I got throw in habitual violators, drunk drivers. They can't get rehabbed. I don't care what stat you want to tell me or what PhD up at Harvard University says. Something about burglars, they can't stop themselves. But why kill, Blocky? Well, I guess the only time that burglar would kill is if they're surprised, uh, if um, they think they're cornered and there's no way for them to get out, they will strike out. Oh, you mean like a door? The same door they came in on? Yeah, exactly. They can't take the pat and turn or pat the street and turn a corner? Right. Sad situation. To me, the, the interesting thing is that this man was found in his recliner. Dr. Blotke, you're right. If the burglar had been just surprised by seeing him there in his recliner, for all I know, he could have snuck out the same way he snuck in, and the victim would never have even known he was there. Right. And he certainly wasn't a threat, Dr. Blotke. I hadn't thought of that. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're a smoker looking for an alternative to traditional tobacco, you might feel uncertain at the thought of changing things up. Maybe you're ready to make a switch, but don't know where to start. Maybe you've tried vaping, thought it wasn't your thing. Maybe you've heard of smokeless nicotine products, but aren't familiar with the options. Meet Zinn, America's number one nicotine pouch. Zinn nicotine pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime, which means Zinn pairs well with you your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. 
So the only person who will know you have a Zin pouch in is you. Zin is a satisfying tobacco alternative that puts you in control of your nicotine experience, which means Zin pairs well with you. Visit Zinn.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zinn. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Jason Campo, did you hear what Dr. Alan Blocky just said? He's right. And back me up on this thing about burglars. There's something totally freaky about them. You know, this is one of those crimes where once you get that taste of it, I think you can never stop doing it because there's no way to replace it, right? Like you you don't just normally go into somebody else's house and then just walk around and leave without taking something. So they're always looking for that again. I think they get some kind of a thrill for it. Um, And then not only him and his recliner, But her being found on the stairs, that means they either chased her up the stairs or she was coming down the stairs when she heard a noise and they still went up the stairs to meet her. Right. So that shows that they weren't looking for an exit. You know, um, another thing it could be, and I think Dr. Blocky was walking all around this. Dr. Blocky, you were saying something about why Jack Anders had to be killed. And not just him, his girlfriend, Frenchie Patoy, Francois Frenchie Patoy. You said something about maybe they could identify. Is that what you were saying, the defendant? That is what I was saying, or at least suggesting. We've got a really good point. You know, another interesting thing that Jason Campo was just saying, Dr. Blocky, is instead of just, all right, let's just say, Let's just hypothesize they got surprised by Jack in his easy chair. What if he sat up and looked around? Why didn't they, if they felt they had to kill him, kill him and leave? Why did they then chase Frenchie up the stairs to murder her right there on the stairs? Yeah, you would have thought a burglar would have gotten out of there as quickly as possible. ASAP, not chase the second person. Yeah, you're right. Why chase her down? What was the point? Exactly. To just got Morgan. Uh, Jackie here in the studio is reminding me there was blood upstairs and downstairs, not just on the stairs where Frenchie was killed, but upstairs too. That tells me after they killed her, they went around the they went around the home. Leaving blood trail. Yeah, blood trails is correct, Nancy. Bloody footprints, bloody shoe prints. That means that they traipsed through this blood. There had been a bloodletting. They walked through it, and they weren't paying enough attention to realize what they were doing, leaving those traces behind. And you can literally track the people through here. And then, you know, seemingly they just take a glove off, Nancy, that they're using to hide their identity, I guess, and leave it behind. It sounds very, very disorganized to me. Is that or sloppy? Yes. Either they didn't realize they had left it. You know, uh, multiple obvious stab wounds. When cops got there uh, at 4 p.m. on a Sunday afternoon, you know that quiet feeling that comes over on Sunday afternoons? The cops are there. Everything's quiet. The cops say, Quote, it was readily apparent they were deceased. They didn't have to rush over and see if there was a pulse. They knew. 
the cops knew multiple stab wounds, according to police. That's telling me something right there. Joe Scott Morgan, what do you want to kill him 10 times over, stab him that many times? You remember Jody Arias, how she stabbed Travis Alexander, her lover, Oh, let's see. I think it's about 29 times and then capped him in the head with a gun. Yeah, she did. She yep. murdered him about 20 times over with all the stab wounds to the torso and then shooting him in the head. Why murder these two nine times over? Yeah, I know. And when you think about this, Nancy, this was particularly brutal because there were noted three different types of injuries. We've got a gunshot wound. We've got stab wounds. And let's don't forget, uh, there was also blunt force trauma. This poor man had been struck in the face that, you know, for me as a death investigator, when I see that, that's that's very personal. You're sending a message with that. That indicates that there was a lot of hatred. Uh, toward this individual, or a lot anger, of anger, or a lot anger. of anger, yeah, rage. It yep. may not be anger toward him, but rage and anger, yes. And, you know, the, the injury, one of the really important things to note here is that the articles specifically talk about his carotid vessel was cut. Now, the carotid, Nancy, is very deep in the neck. It's not like the jugular vein. It's kind of external. The, the carotid is very deep. They really had to take this knife and go deep inside the tissue in order to do that. So that gives you an up-close and personal idea as to what's happening. And then on top of this, you're going to strike this man in the face. I, I think I'd like to know what those patterns reveal with the strikes, the blunt force trauma. Did he get pistol whipped or were these uh, closed hand hits uh, blunt force that he was sustained? The investigation launches full on to find out who murdered Jack Enders and his longtime love, Frenchie Patoy. Take a listen to our cut for our friends at Crime Online. An affidavit of the investigation says surveillance cameras on the Long Beach Island Bridge captured footage of a 2003 Ford Winnebago, a 28-foot RV before dawn around 4.43 a.m. That same Winnebago is captured 10 minutes later by a ring doorbell camera pulling up to the Ender's home. An hour later, the vehicle is recorded again heading away from the home with its lights off. But that's not the only video recorded. At 5.50 someone in oversized clothing can be seen walking along 7th Street where the couple live. Then at 642 in the backyard of the Ender property, a person holding an orange bag climbs over a fence into a neighboring yard. A minute later, an Xfinity camera spots someone walking again, this time on 6th Street. The individual is determined to be about 5 feet 8 inches tall. Two hours after the RV arrived on Long Beach Island, it's seen again traveling back across the bridge off the island. A license plate reader at the entrance to the Garden State Parkway captures the RV's registration number. Wow, that was a lot of information. Jacqueline Gray, CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter. Let me understand this. The getaway car was a Winnebago RV? Yes, it was an RV, which is probably one of the worst. <laughs> um, okay, you don't see that very often, Jacqueline. Not no. too often. Does the killer drive up in an RV and that's the getaway car? And then they're wearing oversized clothes. What does that mean? Are they trying to disguise themselves? Is that all they have? Wh why? But in a neighborhood like this, you can bet your bottom dollar. A lot of people are going to have ring or 
doorbell cams like a ring. There's going to be surveillance. They One surveillance catches a person on 7th. One surveillance catches them on 6th. One surveillance, somebody else's, catches them climbing over the back fence. But nobody can make yep, an and a, a bridge. And yes, and a bridge. So nobody's able to make an ID. But... That is just way off, Dr. Alan Blocky. Now, I don't know why, but I can tell you this much. I've never seen a getaway in an RV, a Winnebago, a big honking Winnebago. It's got to tell you something, Blocky, but what? Yeah, well, I guess immediately it tells me it's probably not a burglary, right? It tells I mean, me it's not a they professional. They drive up in a Winnebago. It, well, I don't know. If they drive up in a Winnebago hoping to clear the whole house out of all the electronics, all the furniture, everything could do that. It's like pulling up in a moving van. But it also tells me this is not a pro. This is not a burglar that... You know, has ever done this before? I mean, using a Winnebago. Jason Campo, you ever seen a Winnebago, an RV as a getaway? I've never seen They definitely were not expecting a high-speed chase afterwards. Right? <laughs> so it, it was, uh, it tells me maybe that they thought that this is a vehicle that would blend in more since it is an affluent neighborhood. Maybe a vehicle moving around early in the morning is something that they have seen before as people start to leave for the winter? I don't know, Jason. I mean, I would remember a, Win a Winnebago. There are two that park in our neighborhood, one on the street, of some, and it comes periodically. So I guess it's out-of-town family. It's awesome. It's a stream. It's an Airstream or stream, one of those silver ones. And it's so neat, and I love to RV and camp, so I always look at it. And then there's a really big one that shows up further down the street around holidays. So I guess that's family coming in for holidays, and they park right in front of the house by the front door, I guess, so they can run in and out. So I notice them because I'm a little envious. Um, but I would notice an RV, okay? And so would everybody else that saw it. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. If you're a smoker looking for an alternative to traditional tobacco, you might feel uncertain at the thought of changing things up. Maybe you're ready to make a switch, but don't know where to start. Maybe you've tried vaping, thought it wasn't your thing. Maybe you've heard of smokeless nicotine products, but aren't familiar with the options. Meet Zinn, America's number one nicotine pouch. Zinn nicotine pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. Which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life. Because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Zen is a satisfying tobacco alternative that puts you in control of your nicotine experience. Which means Zen pairs well with you. 
Visit Zinn.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zinn. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I want you to take a listen to something else we discover. Take a listen to Our Cut 11. When police arrived at Heffernan's home, a car seen leaving the property was stopped. Joseph Heffernan, Sherry's son, was driving. According to police, without prompting, he started talking about his grandfather's death. Joseph Heffernan said he had not seen his grandfather in six months since his May graduation. In a recorded interview, he said that family relations were strained because Sherry Lee Heffernan thought her father's nearly 20-year companion was a gold digger who was pressuring Enders to sell the beach house. Okay, Jason Campo. Usually when you think of a gold digger, you think of some sexy, skimpily dressed woman going after a 95-year-old guy who's, let me just imagine, uh, steering his own yacht somewhere in one of those captain's outfits. That's what I think of as a gold digger. Not an elderly woman, Frenchie Patoy who likes to bedazzle her clothes and wear different hats. And also, that's some scheme. Wouldn't you say she's in it for the long game? I mean, she's been dating this guy. She's been with him for 20 years. (laughs) And so now, after 20 years, she's going to cash in when he sells the house? That's some that's that's a lot of premeditation, Jason. Twenty years. Definitely not your typical MO for a gold digger, right? Like and they were roughly the same age. Uh, they also don't generally volunteer at the fire department or with the Alzheimer's patients. Uh, it, she does not fit the typical profile of what you would think of when you think of a gold digger. A gold digger. <laughs> Those are not the words I would have chosen to describe Frenchie. No way. Uh, Okay, as the plot thickens, take a listen to our cut 10. Close friends of the couple tell police that Ender had decided to sell his family home. With 2,500 square feet, six bedrooms, and four baths, the home was listed at $1.9 million. Sherry Lee Heffernan, a real estate agent licensed in New Jersey and Maryland, told her father that she wanted to be the broker, but Heffernan had been estranged from her father for the past few years. Family friends say Heffernan refused to accept his phone calls, returned letters unopened, and email went unanswered. Once the house was to be put on the market, Ender's friends say Heffernan started reaching out to Frenchie. Ender did not let her sell the house. That, police say, is believed to be why the couple was killed. The friend also told police that Enders had recently amended his living will and that Heffernan and Ender's other daughter were no longer included. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You know what? What is it with rich people? You know, Joe Scott Morgan, rich people. And here's the old man worked his whole life. War vet, Frenchie, his girlfriend of 20 years, worked her whole life, still working. And their children are angry that they're not getting the house. I mean, really? Yeah, you think about this and this life that they've lived. And listen, you have to imagine that they've probably provided a pretty good life uh, for these kids, provided a good enough life so that they feel comfortable to act like a spoiled brat. At the end, and even even into their their middle years of their life, they're still petulant little children. 
that you're going to go and you're going to attack these people and brutalize them. And Nancy, I've been out a lot of, a lot of homicides in my, in my career, but I got to tell you these familial homicides like this, they turn into an absolute bloodbath. It's savage, absolute savage. The love of money, the root of all evil. Take a listen to Hour Cut 7 out of CBS 3 Philly. A woman has been arrested after the bodies of two people were discovered inside of a home in Surf City, New Jersey. Sherry Heffernan of Landenburg, Pennsylvania, is facing two counts of murder in connection with the deaths of her father, John Enders, and his living girlfriend, Francois Pitoy. The 87-year-old and 75-year-old were found dead inside of a home on North 7th Avenue yesterday afternoon. Investigators say both were stabbed multiple times. 87, that's how old my father was when he passed away and went to heaven. And at the end, I remember one time we were at the beach, I had to carry my father on my back to get back into the rental he could hardly walk there's an 87 year old man and a 75 year old girlfriend stabbed beaten and this is why the defendant Shirley Hefferman is arrested take a listen to the rest of what the grandson said not under questioning but volunteered. He went on to tell police that his mother left home to visit her father the week before, describing the trip as a midnight dash, saying he was worried about what happened. Heffernan allegedly said his mother was the only person to drive the RV in the last two weeks. And I can't believe she did this. Under a search warrant on the Winnebago, police found red staining on the carpet appearing to be consistent with dried blood. Okay, Jason Campo, Chief Prosecutor, joining us out of Cameron County, Texas. What more could you want? Tee that up in front of the jury with the blood on the Winnebago carpet? It, it presents everything in, in a nice, neat package for you with the motive, the history of that's going on between these two people. Clearly, the rage that was happening as she was getting written out of the will and that she felt like she was not getting what she was entitled to. It explains the excessive stabbing and the shooting. It's everything wrapped up for you in a package. The only thing it would make me wonder is let's just see the investigation all the way through to make sure that she didn't have any help. Wait till you hear her defense. Oh, I can't wait. Take a listen to our cut eight. This is our friend Trish Hartman, 6 ABC. This Bayfront home on North 7th Street was where the bodies of the couple were discovered on October 3rd. The next day, Ender's daughter, 55-year-old Sherry Lee Heffernan of Landenburg, PA, was arrested and charged with the two murders. Authorities in New Jersey allege that Heffernan was upset with her father because she had been cut out of his will. Ender's had recently decided to sell the Surf City home and had been trying to contact his daughter for the past year without much success. During an extradition hearing in Chester County on Friday, Heffernan told a reporter that she's, quote, not guilty and being framed, according to the Daily Local News of Westchester. Heffernan was ordered to remain in the Chester County prison without bail until she is extradited to New Jersey. Before that can happen, she has to face unresolved theft charges out of Montgomery County, PA. Those theft charges were for taking merchandise and receiving stolen property back in 2019. They were misdemeanors. I don't know what that was. Was it shoplifting or some other petty theft? But that gives me an idea, a window into her thinking. If you could see 
the photos of this home, and I think that they were photos. They're off Zillow, and there are photos, I think, that were taken in preparation to sell it. It is beautiful. It's really, really pretty and in perfect condition. Apparently, the victim, Jack Enders, would spend his days working on the home, and the girlfriend, Frenchie, had decorated it herself. I mean, it's it's gorgeous. Six-bedroom, four-bath waterfront home. And the daughter, the blood relative daughter of Jack Enders went berserk over the fact that she would not get the property, that he was selling it, not even letting her be the realtor on that. But, you know, Jacqueline Gray, CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter. I mean, I know you're an investigative reporter, not a shrink, but... That's what happens when you don't talk to your father for years on end, send his letters back, won't pick up the phone, won't be with him. Yeah, you're going to get disinherited. What did she think was going to happen? I I don't know what she was thinking. And also in the month before the murder, Jack cut, you know, her and another daughter out of the will. So, I mean, the writing was kind of on the wall that like she cut him out and he cut her out. You know, I'll never get over how rich people fight over money. And and the reality is, I think Dr. Alan Blotke, Ph.D., forensic psychologist, a lot of children and grandchildren don't get. They worked hard for this home their whole lives. It didn't just fall in their laps. And it's theirs to do what they wish with. Yeah, unfortunately, what happens is that the children of these folks often feel this sense of entitlement uh, that grows and becomes so huge that it's crazy. Uh, and it leads to acting out. It leads to crime, all out of a sense of entitlement uh, that is just not consistent with uh, the way reality is sometimes. We wait as justice unfolds. Nancy Grace, Crime Story, signing off. Goodbye, friend. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zen Nicotine Pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime, which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Visit Zen.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zen. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. 
Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's crime stories possible. It's Lisa Mattress, a collaboration between Lisa and West Elm. The natural hybrid is made from natural latex, natural wool, and environmentally safe foams. The natural hybrid elevates your sleep and supports. Go to lisa.com forward slash nancy to learn more. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash nancy.